Bibles this morning, open the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter number 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And we'll begin reading in verse number 15. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 15. He says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. As we're looking here at these passages here, um, we've looked kind of as Paul just kind of gives a brief introduction of who he's writing to in the first couple of verses. And then he begins to speak about the blessings of the Father, uh, and then the work of the Son, and then we saw the, the sealing of the Holy Spirit, and have, he begins with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and how all three of them have such an integral part in our salvation. Without, without them, none of us could be saved. Uh, and, and we're thankful, as, as we just sang, that Christ is enough. Amen? Uh, we, don't have to, uh, we don't have to go to religion. We don't have to go to works. All we have to do is go to Jesus Christ. That's why he says in verse number seven, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And it's only through Jesus Christ that we're able to have that salvation. And we thank God for that. And so he's begun opening up the book of Ephesians. And uh, I begin, he, man, he just opens it up so well, dealing with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But then as he moves on here in verses 15 down to the, to the end of the chapter and really kind of progressing on, Paul now, he changes um, to see really what the effect of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have on the church. And here, what we're going to look at this morning is the testimony of the church. And uh, as we see, as we go down through here, and of course, uh, we won't get to the very end of this uh, this morning, but he says, and hath put all things under his feet in verse 22, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of of him that filleth all in all. So we understand that Christ, of course, is the head of the church. And, uh, but he is, uh, there are local churches, just as he's writing to the church of Ephesus, local churches all throughout the world that God is wanting to use for his glory, that God is wanting to use to, uh, to reach people with the gospel and be that, uh, that example of Jesus Christ. Uh, of course, that's when you think about it, the word Christian, it means to be Christ-like. We're to be Christ, uh, and we're not Christ himself, but we're to be like Christ so that when the world sees us, we don't want them to see us, we want them to see Jesus Christ. When the world sees First Baptist Church, we don't want them to see a building, we don't want them to see us, we want them to see Jesus Christ. That should be our desire and our goal. 
So as we begin here, notice in verse number 15, he says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. This is a really powerful statement that Paul gives, the testimony of the church. And of course, he's speaking to the church of Ephesus, but I believe this ought to be the testimony of every, every church. The testimony of every church. Now, this church, it had a strong testimony throughout the world. Um, when you think about it, remember back in, in Acts chapter 19, in, uh, when Paul has come to Ephesus, and uh, he's, for three months, he's preaching in a synagogue. And uh, he's trying to convince people about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's trying to share Christ with them. And uh, then, of course, there were those in the town that started rising up against Paul and his message. Uh, in fact, he says in, um, in Acts chapter 19, uh, he says, For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain of the craftsmen whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, we know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, ye see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but also throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. Uh, and, and then earlier in verse number nine, it says, but when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude. So Paul has come to Ephesus and he's preaching and he's been there for several months and, uh, and he's causing some uh, some opposition. There are people that are uh, starting to rise up and, and try to say that what Paul is saying is wrong and, and he's leading people astray. And so Paul leaves the, the synagogue and he begins to, uh, to teach in a school. Uh, he rents a kind of, you could say, he kind of uses this school building here and they end up staying there in Ephesus for two years. Paul stays here for two years, uh, preaching and teaching. And, uh, this is one of the places where st Paul stays the longest, uh, here in Ephesus and he's there and he says, uh, and again, this is what it says about his ministry so that all they, which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus. Now, again, when you think about where Asia is and what he's speaking about, um, you have to understand that at that time, Asia was considered that what we would know today is Turkey. Uh, Turkey and that region around that area, we think of Asia and we think of, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Philippines and we think of uh, India and we think of that being Asia. But in this time period, Asia was considered um, the, the Turkish area, Turkey and, uh, and that region just kind of uh, east of there. And so he's saying all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. What a testimony. That's a powerful testimony for this church, right? That, that people all over Asia are hearing about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what that tells me? That tells me that when people were getting saved, they were going out throughout the, the different cities and regions or wherever they were from and, and going, and they were telling other people about Jesus Christ. He says that throughout all Asia, people were hearing the message, the word of the Lord Jesus and of course, even later, as we just read, Demetrius, a silversmith who is making money off of selling these shrines, these, these idols for the goddess Diana. He says, moreover, you see in here that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, even Demetrius, this, this guy who is against Paul, who's against the message of Jesus Christ. He says, hey, this, this guy, Paul, and this message, man, this is, 
this is unfortunate for us. This is going out throughout all Asia. People everywhere are hearing the message of Jesus Christ. They're hearing this gospel message, and it's, it's causing us to lose our business. I mean, remember, he's a, he's a silversmith. He makes these, these idols and these shrines for this, this false god, the goddess Diana. And he says, we're losing our business because people are hearing this message and they're, they're turning from the goddess Diane and these false gods and they're turning to Jesus Christ. He said, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. I, I always love the irony of, of things. Just think about what he said, that they be no gods which are made with hands. Just think about that for a second. If it was made by hands, then how can it be God? Right? I mean, if it's made by, I mean, again, this is what he says, that saying that they be no gods which are made with hands. I mean, they're saying, hey, no, this is, these are our gods. And Paul's saying, look, if you're making them with your hands, if you've got to make it with your hands, this, this isn't a God, right? And he's telling people about Jesus Christ and turning them to Christ. And this was a, this was a great beginning for the church of Ephesus, But now this is several years later that Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. And again, what a testimony that Paul gives to these these believers here. Notice what he says back in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. He says, wherefore I also, in other words, that means there's other people as as well. It wasn't just Paul. He said, I also, I'm with other people that are hearing this as well. It's not just me that's hearing this. Other people are hearing this after I heard of your faith. And the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. What was the testimony that Paul and others had heard of, of this church? After Paul had spent two years there and then left, and now he's writing this letter back to the church of Ephesus, what was it that Paul had heard about this church? There are two things that Paul speaks of here. He speaks of their faith in Jesus and their love for believers. Their faith in Jesus and their love for believers. Notice, first of all, their faith in Jesus. Their faith was not just a saving faith. Now, we understand that in order to be saved, that salvation is by faith and faith alone. It's not by works. It's not by anything that we can do. It's not by religion. It's not by baptism. It's not by anything that we can do. It is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we understand God says salvation is very clear that it is by faith. But this faith was not just a saving faith. Yes, they had put their faith in Christ for salvation, but it was, it was more than that. Their faith in Jesus Christ was something that they were proud of. They were proud of it. They wanted people to know that they had put their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, again, you remember the type of city that they are in. Remember what Ephesus is all about. Ephesus was a, was a, uh, a large city where there was much idolatry going on. You had the, the temple of the goddess Diana here or Artemis, and, uh, and this temple was here. And so people were coming from all over the world uh, to come and, and visit this place and to worship here. And so this was not, an, if we could say, this was not an easy place. This was a very wicked place. It was a very hard place. But yet in this place where most people were taken up with the worship of the goddess Diana, it would have been easy for someone to believe and then just kind of keep it quiet. 
Well, yeah, I, I, I believe, Paul. I accepted Christ as my Savior. But, you know, if man, there's just there's so much of this idolatrousness in this city. If I make it public, people are going to start thinking bad things of me. People might think that I'm weird or people might call me out and they might wonder why I'm not worshiping the goddess Diana. So it would have been very easy for people to say, well, I believe that Jesus is the only way, but I just, you know, it's going to be really hard for me to, to talk about Jesus just because of all the things that are going on. I mean, Paul, don't you remember? You had trouble here too. There were people that stood against you and that opposed you and, 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 and we're not like the apostle Paul and, and we haven't been called to preach. And so you know, it'd be just a whole lot easier if we just kind of just kind of kept it on the down low. But that's not what they did. They, they wanted people to know about Jesus Christ, even though it wasn't popular to go against a religion that was that was like the, what was taking place here. I mean, people were uh, uh, rising up against them, but they said, we want people to know about Jesus Christ. Paul tells us the same thing in Romans chapter one, verse number 16. Paul says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I don't ever want to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't ever want to be ashamed to be called a Christian. I don't ever want to be ashamed that people would know that I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't ever want to be ashamed of that. Paul is saying, man, this, this testimony of the church of Ephesus they wanted people to know. They, they, people were hearing about their faith, not just their salvation, but about how they were living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Telling others, as Christians, we shouldn't be ashamed to be called a Christian. We shouldn't be ashamed to let people know that we have put our faith in Christ for salvation. We ought to be proud of it. We ought to be proud of it. We ought to be proud that we're, we're saved. We ought to be proud and, and excited that, we're, that we know that we're saved and on our way to heaven. I'm not talking about in a, in a prideful, hey, look at me, you know, I'm better than you type of a pride. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about having that confidence and being happy and knowing, hey, man, I'm saved and I'm on my way to heaven. And, and just as we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we know one day if the Lord tarries is coming, if I die one day, I'm going to be resurrected. And if not, I'm going to be taken out of here and I'm going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ for all of eternity because of what he did for me. Man, praise God for that. I, I ought to enjoy talking about that. We ought to enjoy talking to people about Jesus. We ought to be proud that we know Jesus Christ is our Savior, proud that we, have, uh, we are called the children of God, proud that we receive the blessings of God, proud that we can share with others how they too can know Jesus Christ and put their faith in Christ. Again, I, I can't tell you the, the greatest joy other than my personal salvation and um, man, the joy that that you get to experience when you help someone come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. There's just, there's just nothing like it. Nothing like it. Because you know, it's not, it's not what I have done, it's not what we have done, but it's, it's that this person, we've helped to show this person that Jesus is the only way, and they have chosen to put their faith in Jesus Christ, and we know that they're going to be in heaven for all of eternity. Man, there's, there's just nothing like that. A joy that is there. And Paul said, I've heard of your faith, not just that they were saved, but your faith in, in living for the Lord. They were proud of what Jesus had done. Paul says, your testimony is powerful. 
But can I ask you this morning, when people think of your name, what do they think of? Not First Baptist Church, when people think of your name, what do they think of? Paul says, when I think of the church of Ephesus, I I think of, man, I think of faith. I've heard of your faith. This is what I'm thinking of when I think of the church of Ephesus. What about you and me? When people think of your name, what do they think of? And let's, let's face it, our names bring about some type of reaction. When your name is heard, when your name is spoken, what reaction does that bring about? When people think of your name, is the first thing that comes to their mind anger? Is the first thing that comes to their mind a deceiver? Or a loud mouth? Or a thief? Or do they think, man, that person's faithful? That person's trustworthy? That person loves God? What's the the first thing that comes to someone's mind when they think of your name? Because do you understand that is your testimony. Well, they, they, just, they just don't know me very well. No, 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 no. The first thing that comes to their name, that's your testimony. Well, if they could just get to know me a little bit. No, 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 no. The first thing that comes to your name is your testimony. What is it? What is the first thing that comes to people's minds when they think of your name? Let's, let's just kind of play this out a little bit. Would you with me? When you think of Joseph, the son of Jacob, what do you think? Come on, play it out with me. Joseph in the Old Testament, the son of Jacob, what do you think? What? Favorite son, right? What? Wise, right? Okay. When you think of, uh, let's see, when you think of Moses, what do you think? Meek, leader, right? When you think of David, what do you think? Musician, Musician. Warrior. warrior, shepherd, man after God's own heart. When you think of Jonathan, what do you think? Come on, come on. It's okay. You can talk this morning. It's all right. Come on. When you think of Jonathan, what do you think? Friend, loyal. When you think of... Uh, Absalom. I heard somebody do that, right? Yeah. Deceiver, right? When you think of Peter. Whoa, that was a mixed emotion right there, right? Right? Everybody's like, ooh, Peter, right? Denier? What? Flawed. Yes. Frequently forgiven. That's a great one, right? What about uh, Ananias and Sapphira? Liars. Hmm. Paul? Redeemed. Faithful. Aquila and Priscilla? Helpers. Faithful. Followers, right? Demas? Love the world, right? How about Nicodemus? No, not not Zacchaeus. <laughs> Nicodemus. Uh, Zacchaeus, a wee little man, right? That, Nicodemus. Quiet. What? 
a searcher. You notice how every person's name, something came to your mind. It didn't take long at all, did it? Now, if I was to say your name publicly from here this morning, what would be said? That's your testimony. That's your testimony. Now, you can say, well, hey, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, so what, what difference does it make what people think about me? I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm saved. Wait a minute. Paul says, I, I thank God. He says, I, I, this is what? He says, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, he said, man, when, when Ephesus comes to mind and the believers come to mind there, you know what comes to mind? Their faith, not just saving faith, but living faith. They were living by faith. That's, he said, that's what comes to my mind here. Friend, what comes to mind when people think of your name? What is it? Because that is your testimony. That's what people think of Christians. You say, no, no, that's not what people... Well, aren't you a Christian? And if that's what they think of you... When your name is spoken, that's what they think of Christians. You understand how powerful this is? You understand why, why even in, in, in Proverbs we think about Solomon. We, what would we think about Solomon? Wise. Wise in his early years, right? What does he say? A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Why? Because what people think of your name is your testimony. It's not what you want people to think. (laughs) We all want people to think certain things. That's not what they think. They think something because of how we have lived our life. That's your testimony. And what's sad is we've come to a point in time where many Christians want to just be accepted by the world. We don't want to go against the flow. We just want to kind of be accepted. We think that if we, if we stand for the Lord, it may offend someone uh, or cause a scene. And so what do we do? We just quit. Uh, we just sit quietly while the world offends God. And makes a scene and we do nothing. May I say this morning, we don't have to be afraid of the world. We don't have to be afraid of the world. If it's right in God's eyes, then it's right to do no matter what the world says or does. doesn't matter what the world says, what the world does. If God says it's right, then that's what we ought to do. And this is why Paul uh, tells us in first, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He says, hey, we don't have to be afraid of the world. What we ought to be doing is taking a stand for Jesus Christ and and, and living by faith and letting others see Jesus Christ living through us. We ought to want to point people to Jesus. Hey, if they say, man, that was a man that loved God, you know what that ought to tell them? It was all about Jesus. Man, that man is is faithful. He's he's trustworthy. Why? Because of what Jesus did in his life. Man, that man, he's just always talking about Jesus. Why? Because of what Jesus did in his life. We ought to be pointing people to Jesus. He says, 
Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. But notice the second thing that he says their testimony is. And love unto all the saints. Their faith in Christ and for Christ and their love for believers. Not only were they proud of their faith in Christ, but their faith was visible. You understand that? Their faith was visible in how they lived for Christ, but also in how they interacted among the believers, among the saints. Paul said he had heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto, and notice these next three words, all the saints. All the saints. That includes the, the one that annoys you the most. Quite looking at me like that, okay? Man, why is everybody looking at me? Goodness. The one that annoy, the one that just gets on your nerves. You know what he said? This church of Ephesus, they showed love to all the saints. Not just the ones that they liked, but to all of them. They showed love unto all the saints. Now, why is this so important? Why, why does Paul mention this? Why is, it, why is this something that even should be brought up in the testimony of the church? In the testimony, I mean, yeah, we could say, well, yes, the church needs to be, you know, living for Jesus and living by faith and pointing people to Jesus Christ. We understand that. But why, why should this be brought up as the testimony of the church that they had love for all the saints? Well, that's a good question. I'm really glad you asked that. Turn with me to the book of John. In the book of John, chapter 13. John, chapter 13. John, chapter 13, notice in verse number 34. He says, a new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you. Right? What was, that? What was the one that was said over here about Peter? What was that one? Frequently forgiven, right? Frequently forgiven. Praise God for that, right? I thank God that Peter was frequently forgiven and that I am frequently forgiven. Amen? Let me ask you this. Do you frequently forgive others? Watch what he says. That ye love one another, Jesus is speaking, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So Jesus says, the same way that I have shown love to you, I want you to love one another. Frequently forgiven, right? Mercy and grace. He says, that's how I want you to love one another. But notice why. Look at the next verse. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. The reason why this is so important is because Jesus says, this is how people will know if you're really my disciples, it's not by how faithful you were to church, although you ought to be faithful. It's not by how many times you've read through the scriptures, although you ought to read through the scriptures. He says, the way that people know that you're my disciples is how you love one another. Now understand, he's not talking about the lost. He's not saying how you love the lost. He says one another. What did Paul say about the church of Ephesus? The love that you have for all the saints. For all the saints, you have love one to another. This is what Jesus said. And he says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. This is how, when you have love one for another. 
It's such an important thing. And this is why Paul said, this is your testimony, that your, your faith in Christ and your love for the believers. I, I can say this, man, I thank God for the love that this church has shown my family and I as, as your pastor. Uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and it, it's hard to believe that it's been 11 years that I've been the pastor of First Baptist Church. Somebody reminded me about that uh, two weeks ago. Uh, they were walking out. They said, happy anniversary, pastor. I was like, it's not till June. I know when my anniversary is. It's June the 5th, right? My, is my wife in here? It's June the 5th. See, I remembered. June the 5th, right? I was like, it's, it's not till June. They said, no, it's your anniversary here at First Baptist Church. I was like, oh, yeah, it is. It's the first Sunday of, of April, 11 years. Man, God is, God is blessed. And, and this church has been such, a, they've been such a, an amazing blessing to me and my family. It's a blessing to see that, that that is shown among the believers of this church and the love that we have. But may I this morning, may I encourage you in an area? That was a question. Thank you. I will. All right. Like it or not. You assume that, right? Yes. Let me encourage you in an area about love, though. Think about what he says here. And love unto all the saints. Again, Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. You have to have love one to another. And he tells us we are to love as Christ loved us. As I mentioned before, don't just, don't just love the people that you know. Don't just love the people that you like. I guarantee you, I guarantee you this morning, if you were to look around this auditorium this morning, you're going to see somebody that you probably don't know. Or you may, have, you may recognize their face, but you may not know their name. Or you may not know much about them. Can I tell you, you need to love them. You need to love them and vice versa. Again, this is what he's saying. We have love unto all the saints. Man, God is blessed with new people coming into our church and thank God for that. And there are some people that have been coming for maybe a couple weeks or a couple months or uh, maybe even less than a year or something. Man, let me encourage you, love on them. Love on them. He said, well, they're not in my age group. Who said anything about age groups? Jesus didn't say love them if they're in your age group. He said, love one another. He said, that show love unto all the saints. Love them. Talk to them. Find out who they are. Invite them over for lunch sometime. Take them out to eat. Do something to show your love. You can say, oh, man, I love First Baptist Church. And, and, and I, maybe, maybe this is a, again, as the pastor, um, you know, I, I try to try to meet everybody and I try to remember people's names and sometimes I forget. But how can you love First Baptist Church if you don't know everybody in First Baptist Church? Now, think about that for a second. We're not talking about the buildings, right? First Baptist Church is the people. How can you love them if you're not even sure who they are? You know what? I'm going to challenge you this just thought about this. I'm going to challenge you this week. I want you to find somebody in the church that you're not as familiar with as, as those that you are, maybe somebody new, maybe somebody you've just seen their face or whatever. And I want you to love on them this week. I want you to love on them. Talk to them, get to know them, find out a little bit about them, find out how you can get together with them sometime. 
don't, don't just let this, when we gather together as a church, be the only time that you see people in our church. Can I tell you, that's not a church. That's a gathering place. It's not a church. Church is family. If the only time you see your family is once or twice a week when you come here, that's not really a church. Call them. Text them. Comment on their Facebook whatever thing, (laughs) right? Post, thank you, right? Do something, right? Do something. And again, don't don't be like, well, I, I texted them or I commented on their Facebook post, so that shows I love them. That just shows that you are aware that they're there, right? Love on them. Get to know them. He says, this is your testimony. I've heard of your faith and your love unto all the saints. Think about what the Bible says here, right? In 1 John chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, it shows us exactly what God expects of Christians. And this is his commandment. Can't be much clearer than that. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. There's faith. And love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. He says, man, if you're following what Jesus said, then you're going to be dwelling in him and he's going to be dwelling in you. And if he's dwelling in you and he loves you and was willing to frequently forgive you, then you're going to be able to love others and you're going to be able to frequently forgive others. Why? Because he's dwelling in you. He's dwelling in you and you're in him. And that love is going to be there in first John chapter four, verse 20 and 21. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen. How can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him that he who loveth God. Here it is. Love his brother also. You say you love God? Okay. Let that be seen in your love for one another. Let it be seen. Now, here's what's really interesting about this point. Paul is commending their faith, and he's commending their love, the love that they had for each other. But I want you to hold your place here, and I want you to go back to the book of Revelation with me. In Revelation chapter 2. Because in Revelation chapter 2, we find an accusation brought against the church of Ephesus by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now again, this is some years later, right? The church has been started in Acts chapter 19 of Ephesus, and uh, Paul spends a couple years there, and the church grows, and people are getting saved. And then Paul leaves, and a couple years later, Paul writes to the church of Ephesus, says, man, I've heard of your faith in Christ, and I've, I've heard of your love for the saints. Man, what a testimony. He says, I'm just thanking God for this. But then several years later, probably 20, 30 years later, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle John writes these words of Jesus Christ. Notice what he says in Revelation chapter 2. Under the angel of the church of Ephesus, so he's writing to the church of Ephesus, write, 
These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand and walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars and hast borne and hast patience. And for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. He said, man, you're, you're doing a great work. The work is there. But. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. And watch what he says. Because thou hast left thy first love. We were kind of talking a little bit about this in our Sunday school class early this morning. You can do things and not have the right heart. You can do things. You can be active. You can come to church and not have the right heart. You could be sitting here this morning simply because your, your husband or your wife or your kids drug you here and you have no desire to be here at all. You're here, but you have no desire to be here. You'd rather be home watching the TV or out golfing or fishing or something like that. You have no, di- no desire to be here at all. Oh, you're here though. You say, well, but I'm here, preacher. Yeah, but your heart's not right. You see, that's what he was saying about the church of Ephesus. They were doing some things. Their actions were right in what they were doing. But he said their heart was wrong. They had left their first love. What was that love? It was to Jesus Christ. They left that love for Jesus Christ. And think about this. As Paul is, Paul is writing, he's saying, man, what a testimony this church has of their, their faith in Christ. And, and we see that in that love. They're sharing the gospel with people. And then they're loving others. They're loving the saints. But something happened. Something happened to the church of Ephesus. They stopped loving. They stopped loving the Lord. They stopped loving others. The church was still going. Things were still being done. But there was no love there. And Jesus himself says, I have this against you. This is what I have against you because thou hast left thy first love. And this is what he says. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen and repent. Hey, think about what Jesus Christ did for you. Think about what he's done. Why, why, won't, why won't you love him the way that he wants you to love him? Why won't you love others the way that he wants you to love them? Think about what he's done for you and then repent. Get right with God, he says. And do the first works. Those first works, that's what Paul's talking about. Man, their love for the Lord and how they were, their faith was, was leading them to, to, to get the gospel all around Asia. And their love for one another. He says, hey, remember the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and I'll remove thy candlestick out of his place except thou repent. God says, I'll snuff you out. There won't be a church of Ephesus anymore. By the way, there is no church of Ephesus today. Now, I'm not saying that I don't know when the church of Ephesus stopped. But Jesus said, this is what I have against you. Your testimony at the beginning was good. Your testimony was right. When people heard Ephesus, they thought good. When people heard your name, they thought of their love for Jesus Christ. They thought of their faith for Christ. They thought about their love for others. But now 
when people hear your name. All they think about is just the stuff that they do. There's no love for Christ. There's no love there. What's going to happen to First Baptist Church? What's going to happen to your testimony? What do people think of your name? Do they think of, man, that person just loves the Lord. They're always talking about Jesus. I don't agree, I don't agree with them, but they're always talking about him. They can't ever shut up about Jesus. Wouldn't that be a great testimony? They can't ever shut up about Jesus. They're just, they're just always got joy in their heart. They just, they're faithful, they're trustworthy. What, what is your testimony? I didn't say what, you, what do you want your testimony to be. What is your testimony now? What is your testimony now? If it's not what you'd like it to be, then why don't you do what Jesus says to the church of Ephesus? Repent. Remember what Jesus did for you. There's no reason why you can't change your testimony. You can change it. If it's not what it ought to be, why don't you work at changing that? Why don't you say, Lord, I've been wrong. I've had the wrong testimony. When people think of my name, they don't think of a person that loves the Lord. Yes, Lord, I I want people to think that, but they don't. And when people think about me, they think of somebody that's dishonest. When they think about me, they think of somebody that's always uh, lashing out in anger. They think of somebody that's just a loud mouth or, or whatever it might be. Lord, they don't think the right thing. And God, I'm sorry. I don't want them to think that about you. And Lord, I want to repent. I'm going to remember what you did for me. And I want to have a right testimony so that when others think of me, they think of Jesus. Because I just want to point people to Jesus. I just want to point people to Jesus. And I want them to know that when they think of my name, maybe they say I'm trustworthy, maybe they say I'm faithful, whatever it might be, but that's not what I really care about. I want them to know that I love Jesus. I love the Lord. And I want people to know that I love him. And I want them to know how they can know Jesus as their Savior as well. What's your testimony? Ephesus started out with a great testimony, but it didn't end well. But Jesus said you can repent. Change it. Do what's right. Get back to your first love. Love the Lord. Fall in love with Jesus again. Man, we just had Resurrection Sunday. Think about what Jesus did for you. If you can't fall in love with him again, thinking about that, go back again and just read the scriptures and say, and look and see what he did for you. Fall in love with him again. Say, Lord, thank you for what you've done for me. And I just want to live my life to be a testimony of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to find somebody, somebody, and I'm going to love on them this week. I'm going to show them that I love them because they're part of my family. I want people to know what my testimony is, that it points people to Jesus Christ. I wonder with their heads bowed and their eyes closed, no one looking about this morning. Maybe this morning God has spoken to your heart. And you know, you know that there's, there's something that's not right. Maybe you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe today it's time to put your faith and trust in Him. Not in a religion, not in works, but in Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm saved.
but I'd like to know how to be saved. I'd like to know how I could put my faith in Christ and Christ alone. Friend, we'd love to take the word of God and show you how you can be saved. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. Would you be willing to just slip your hand up and put it right back down? Nobody's going to come to you. Nobody's going to call you out. Say, Pastor, I'd like to know how to be saved. I'd like to know how I could have my sins forgiven. Just lift it up, put it right back down. Just like to pray for you. And Christian, can I ask you this morning, when your name is mentioned, what is your testimony? What's your testimony? Because you do have a testimony. Something comes to people's minds when your name is mentioned. Be honest. Is it something that honors the Lord? Is it something that points people to Jesus Christ? If not, then maybe this morning you need to come and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not pointing people to Christ through my testimony. And I want to repent. I'm going to fall in love with you again, Lord. And I want to live in a way that brings honor and glory to Jesus Christ. I'm going to love the saints, all of them. I'm going to find somebody to to show the love of Jesus Christ to. What's your testimony? Father, I pray you'd work in our hearts this morning. Lord, help us to realize how powerful and how important this is to have the right testimony. Ephesus started out good, but they left their first love. Lord, may we desire to have a testimony that honors you, that points people to Jesus Christ, not away from Jesus Christ. Father, would you work in our hearts this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet quietly this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.